Welcome to another edition of the Impact Sessions podcast with me, Nick Bramley. Today, we're going to discuss why the pandemic has really focused businesses on their customer experience. And if it hasn't, perhaps why it should have done. I've got a very good uh, returning guest, which is the first for the podcast in Marianne Smith, Managing Director of Do Marketing. Marianne was my first ever guest on the Impact Sessions podcast way back in October 2019. So as a first returning guest, Marianne, welcome back. Thank you, Nick. Thank you for having me. Yeah, that was 14 months ago now, wasn't it? It was my first one. We were just saying that. And so much has happened in that time. So <laughs> when I, yeah, I'm out, you know, I was just saying how nervous I was when we did the first one and how excited I am just to back on now. And yeah, have a Excellent. great session. Well, I was going to say when we recorded the first session, it seems like a different time, doesn't it? You know, 14 months ago, you were at the start of this real mission to raise awareness of the importance of the customer journey and customer experience for businesses. Um, how's that mission been going over the last 14 months for you then, Marianne? Yeah, so that was the first platform that I'd actually spoke about it. And when I listened back to it and all the comments and feedback I got from different people in that, what they got from it, it was, it was a massive head turn. It was a game changer for me in terms that I'd been talking about it for so many years I was doing it with my clients anyway and that was my first kind of stage where I, you know I spoke about it and in the last 14 months um I've just been banging the drum on LinkedIn I've been you know working with my clients on that I've seen a massive shift in terms of you know the, what the pandemic's done for the whole customer journey but more so the customer experience so um yeah, it's just, it's been even more pressing in terms of how we look after customers. So it's been in, in, incredible, really. Do you think it's sort of of its time now then? Do you think people are, you know, are waking up to the fact that it's, you know, we're going to touch on marketing a little bit later on, but putting that customer experience at the at the centre of your, your business, are people waking up to that a bit? Yeah, because if you think about lockdown and what happened, my kind of message on LinkedIn is it's not the time to market. It's not the time to sell. It's about looking after your, your customers. It's all about retention. It's all about giving them the best customer experience because those are the ones who are loyal and those are the ones that are, are paying you money at the end of the day. So for me, the pandemic has, has really, really lifted that and that people are more you know, um, grateful for the, the, you know, the help that they've received. So now more than anything that, you know, what I'm finding with my clients as well, they talk about the customer journey, they talk about the customer experience. They don't use that word marketing as much, which is music to my ears, really, so that they get it. Okay. Well, I mean, there does seem to be a, a bit of a groundswell of opinion, lots of articles supporting this particular mission. I think you're sort of one who's very active on LinkedIn, pushing this, commenting on it, sharing content on it uh, but it's not quite universal yet I still get the sense that people don't all get it um, how do you feel the whole subject is being viewed across the business community at the moment then you know what what's the I've, I've noticed because you know, that you know like associations like the Chartered Institute of Marketing are talking about the customer experience more so now than you know they've ever done before um, you know I've seen more and more articles on the customer experience I've and maybe because that's my line of work, but, you know, I'm, I'm hearing more and more stories where big companies have shifted or, you know, not all the marketing budget, but a lot of the, the, the budget onto the current customers are looking at customer experience. I still feel there's a gap in terms of 
this, the, the SMEs that they, they might think that the customer experience relates to restaurants, it, re it relates to hotels, it relates to the service industry. So I still, I do still think we've got, you know, we've got a bit to go, but we've definitely started in terms of people looking at their customer journey, spotting those gaps, realizing that, you know, that there is potential in the customers that they've got, and you know, to think of the best customers and how do we get more of those best customers that are lining up that customer journey. Um, and given the best experience possible that they go off and shout great things about you. And that's, you know, really, really important going forward in terms of 2021 as well. Okay. Well, I mean, when I've introduced you into a number of people over the, the, the sort of past 14 months, I've been keen to stress it's not customer service, is it? It's not yeah. you know, traditional customer service is people answering the phone in four rings or how quickly you respond to an email or, you know, sort of acceptable usage of, of, of language in, in on your website, you know, that kind of stuff. Um, yeah. It's so much more than that, isn't it? It is so much more. And, you know, if you, if you, it's the customer journey isn't something that I've made up. You know, if you Google it, it is, you know, it's, it's six stages. That's the way I work with my clients. And it's, you know, it's how you make people feel at the end of the day. So, you know, if you look at what you're saying on social media, how you're making people feel when they hit your website, you know, when, the, when they're making that inquiry, when you're onboarding a new client, what does it feel like to the customer? And then most important, you know, how you look after them. And quite often, you know, companies will kind of what, you know, are you, are you, you know, I'm quite dramatic, but I kind of express it that they won't focus on the customers so much. It's way back to get some more, let's get some more customers in. So if, if, if people can think of it as in simple terms of how do you make that person feel, then you know it's a great platform to start at in terms of working on their own customer experience doing a you know a very quick review in terms of are we giving our customers the best customer experience that we possibly can okay well i'm going to talk about 2020 it's certainly been a challenging uh yeah i'm going to use the word unprecedented probably for the last time i know, <laughs> uh, I know yeah uh, we'll go we'll go with pivot unprecedented <laughs> okay but but if people are just trying to get through that, isn't it just sensible to keep doing what they've always done and, you know, know what they always know? Because, you know, very few people have got much money to invest. Is this, is this, a, is this something that's going to cost them money to, to, to think about the customer journey? And is it going to break things that they're, they're just happily just getting through the week? I think the standout companies this year have been the ones that have helped you know, the ones that have given as much help away as they can. And that, for me, you know, and you, you know, I know you agree with me on this point. We all had to change the way we sell. We all had to change the way we market. And in terms of, you know, looking at it, I'm going to give as much help away as possible. Those are the ones that will stand out. The ones that have carried on. And I see it on LinkedIn. I see it, you know, in marketing messages, in, in marketing collateral. Still, they've still got the same messages as you know, this time last year. So the ones, so they've had to change the way they market the business and they've had to change the way that they've sold as well. So I think the ones that haven't done anything, haven't, you know, changed the way they've sold or changed the way they've marketed or changed the way they've looked after the customers, those are the ones that won't have a, a successful time in 2021 is the ones that have really, really stepped up, almost had like, you know, like came together, regrouped and got right, how do we handle this situation? And my, my message to them was look after your customers, just ring them, check how, how are you, how are you doing? And then go forward with your sales and marketing. Okay. Well, 
I've certainly noticed a shift. I do a lot of work in you know manufacturing. I do a lot of work with different sectors, and um, I've certainly noticed a, a shift in attitude from businesses working with other businesses during the pandemic. We've had things like buy local, improve the supply chain, support UK manufacturing, sharing resources, posting free content, all that kind of thing. Um, one post I read recently suggested that the business word of 2020 should be considerate. Um, what do you feel has been the tone and culture of 2020 and why is there a word that you would say sums up sort of how people have built relationships and gone about their business in 2020? I think considerate is a brilliant word and I, I have two for 2020 and that's about companies being more gracious and more grateful. And what I mean by that, the more gracious in terms of the help that they've given away, but more grateful in terms of the help that they've been given. Um, so many stories on LinkedIn about, you know, what people have done. So one of my clients, um, Sarah Birkinshaw, one of the things that they did, you know, when the legislation was coming coming through every single day, they were sending emails out to clients. They offered, uh, you know, free advice to people that weren't even their customers. But what that's done is, obviously, the, the, the goodwill they've got from that has just been immense in terms of, you know, collateral for next year. They're a HR consultancy, is that right? So, I mean, yes. I, can't Im- I can't imagine they've had many days off in 2020 as... <laughs> The furlough scheme changes, we extend sort of the legislation, etc. So they 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 struck me as someone who was very early into the mix, really, with that, you know, taking advantage of you know supporting, yeah. supporting the business community. Interesting that you said there though, Marianne, some of them weren't even their clients and it didn't matter. No, they were doing ask the expert sessions. So one of the things we did very early, we got in touch with all their clients and we just asked them, you know, what are your challenges? What are your concerns? What, what opportunities have you got, you know, now and also going forward into, into 2021? And what we got from that was just that up-to-date information where people were at that moment in time that we could turn all that, you know, all that content into social media posts, into Ask the Expert sessions, pulling people with that, you know, expertise that people were craving for. And that was a really simple exercise. Number one, it reached out to their current clients. Number two, we got all their problems and concerns. And number three, we got all that collateral that we could put out there that people could think, I'm not getting that. I'm not getting that from my HR company or um, I want more of that. And isn't that a really nice, simple message to win new work? It's a great output to to think that by doing the right thing, and I would call it the right thing, you have kind of built a, a platform of collateral that, that helps the business. So, you know, while Sarah's business um, was being helpful to the audience it was trying to attract, um, as, a, as a sort of side issue almost, the generated collateral that, that stands them in good stead for 2021 and beyond, doesn't it? So it's great to see that. That's a very open-minded business. And, and I just want to give you a chance to shout out anybody else that you've seen doing extraordinary or considerate things. I think that grateful and gracious is a really nice way of putting it, really. Um, you know, things that weren't doing beforehand, maybe that set myself in the, a part in the market. I'm going to have a shout out to, to Josh Goodgen from uh, Get yeah. the Media. Very early on, Josh was sharing lots of tips and advice on how to create content. Content suddenly became the, the, the thing, didn't it, for businesses? And, you know, he's a videographer and filmmaker, and he was just sharing loads of practical tips on you know, get yourself on uh, on your iPhone, get yourself on your smart device, make a video, how to do it. Um, 
and he was brilliant in the early days. He, he's gone a bit quiet now because he's very busy. Very busy, I, yeah. Doesn't that I don't think those two things are disconnected, by the way. The stuff he was doing in April, May and June, giving away this free content, raising mm -hmm. his profile at the same time, mm -hmm. has generated a, an order book that he's really, really, really pleased with. Is there anybody else out there you want to give a shout out to? Well, just, just picking up on what you've just said there, that, you know, that's no surprise. I had my best July in August and September because I was on LinkedIn more. I was pushing out messages. I was giving advice, people thanking me for that advice. That just felt like a natural thing to do. But because I was, you know, in the right place at the right time, giving advice that people needed, being respectful, being considerate, as you've mentioned before, that's really helped me in terms of you know, creating my products and getting me out there as well. Um, I think there's so many examples of, of companies who've done things differently. I think I want to do give one a shout out to two, two of my clients, if I can, who actually set up this year. So you've got Charlie Melia, who set up a recruitment company at the beginning. We've got um, Nicole and Robert from Slick Accountants who set up their own business and they are busy. And that's like, you know, I know there's lots of companies that have given stuff away, but that takes real courage to, you know, to do that, you know, we all kind of felt something was coming, this wave was coming, but they cracked on and they're really, really busy. And particularly Robert and Nicole, what they've done, they've embraced this whole online. So they've got, you know, a, a marketer in, in Leeds, they've got a salesperson in, in, in York, you, you know, they've got VAs in, in Edinburgh. Mm -hmm. So they've built up a virtual team that they can take forward. So I think that is in itself is just incredible. So, is it always an output where if you do the right thing with mapping your customer journey, and you've mentioned six steps, and we're not going to go through those because they were all covered on the first uh, podcasts, but uh, the six steps of the customer journey, essentially before they buy, during the buying process, buying and then post, post sort of uh, uh, purchase and, and in a bit more detail, but... Doing it right, does that always generate opportunity as well for the business if they, if they do that? Are you seeing the businesses that embrace customer experience, customer journey being ahead of the curve then right now? I do, absolutely. And when I do map out the customer journey, the first quite often people get me in, and I might have mentioned this before, but I do think it's really important. So people would get me in because it's to do marketing and you know I want you to do my marketing for me. So when we map out the customer journey, I spot the gaps immediately and where I like to start and I end up changing their perception of marketing is with the current clients that they've got. I listened to a podcast um, the other week and um, the guy mentioned something about this word upsell, cross-sell and um, what he, he, he referred, referred to it as the right sell and because I talk to people about let's get you more of your best customers, I kind of coined this phrase in terms of your best sell so your best sell is, is in, in terms of looking at your current clients and thinking, what do they need? What services do they actually need that we can help them with? So you're not selling more of your services. You're thinking, how can I help this company, this client, you know, even more by offering them this or suggesting this that they can get more from us? And I think if people go for, going forward can think of the best sell for their current clients, you know, they're going to, they're going to, they're going to make more money. I know that sounds quite um, harsh, but it's it's a really valuable lesson that we've got from, from this year as well. But that is, as you've mentioned several times now, starting with what you know, you know your yeah. existing clients, that will then help to generate. From my viewpoint, I'm a, you know, a sales professional. I do look after 
key account people and who look after growing their existing customer spend. But for new business point of view, if you build a new business based on a similar process, i.e. a customer experience, customer journey touch point, then yeah. you're going to be even more successful than, than you would have been because the customers are going to get it, aren't they? They are. And if, just to talk about Robert and Nicole, the, the accounts that I mentioned before. So they got in touch with me and quite typically they wanted YouTube, they wanted, you know, help with LinkedIn. They wanted, you know, to be on more on Facebook. And the first exercise I did with them was, you know, I contacted their clients and what we got, well, got loads of fantastic feedback. So that gave Robert and Nicole reassurance that they were doing an amazing job for the clients that they've got. It gave us case studies, it gave us testimonials that we could put on the website. So why wouldn't you start at that point? You know, and I've heard so many times, and, and this will resonate with lots of people where people said, you know, they spoke to clients, the clients have gone elsewhere for different services, and thought, oh, I didn't know you did that. Oh, that, honestly, not mentioned it. I'm on a mission to remove that phrase from any one of my clients that I work with when people say, I didn't know you did that. That means something's not being joined up somewhere, doesn't it? Someone. It's so simple. Uh, join the dots or and they'll sit they'll swear blind that they've told them but if they've told them but they haven't listened then it doesn't make a difference does it you've got to map out and, and we've got an exercise that we're going to do in early January with a particular client working together yeah. where we're mapping out aren't we what the customer touch points are and then what the collateral needs to look like at each of those points to make sure that the journey is maintained so I want to touch on the next point really you're a fellow of the Chartered Institute of Marketing and yet we haven't really covered marketing for the listeners. So what's the connection between the customer journey, customer experience, and the marketing mix and the communications okay. mix that businesses often see as social media website, social media yeah. website, that's all they'll say. Yeah, so for me, when anybody, like you say, anybody hears that word marketing, it's because they want to attract, they want to bring in new people, they want more inquiries. And it, it's, it's, you know, I find it really interesting that quite often they don't know what success looks like. And when I drill it down, do you want more inquiries coming into your sales funnel? Or let's work out how, you know, who is your best customer? You know, is it 10 grand a month? Is it 80 grand a year? Is it, you know, five grand a retainer? How many more do you want? So for me, that marketing, it, it, it's just... How many more can you cope with as well is the other exactly, thing? Exactly, exactly. And this is the thing because... You know, I, I talk about this a lot. One of my biggest bugbears is when you hit the website and it says ring now, contact today. And then you ring and you can't get through. Or people say, oh, I'm so busy. I'm so busy. I've sat in offices where the teams have said that. Oh, God, you know, I've got so much going on. And I'm thinking, oh, my God, don't say that. to Do not mention that to your clients or your prospects because we're telling them to ring now. So in terms of the marketing piece, I I see that as awareness consideration, which is the first two stages. But in terms of linking it to the customer journey, you can market, but you can also unmarket. And that's why you need to map out all the customer journey. So when we're attracting them, we've got the inquiry process, right? We're onboarding them in a brilliant way. So they feel welcome. We've got our customer care plan in place. We've got our complaints procedure in place as well. And I think that's really important. But the best bit, we've got our advocacy, which is the last stage. And those are about creating internal and external advocates, which go out and shout great things about you, which naturally, from a referral point of view, word of mouth point of view, you know, help in terms of growing the business as well. 
people like to be associated with success and, and things that work, don't they? So advocacy is yeah. about people say, well, I'm not getting that from my provider, but yeah. I'm seeing that you are, so why don't I at least explore that? And that starts the circle again then, doesn't it, really, in that respect? It does. And, and, you know, when I talk to people about content, let's take LinkedIn, for example, where we use it a lot. I talk to my clients and, and about creating a head turn, and it's literally like, you know, looking at that piece of content and thinking, they're looking after their customers so well, why, you know, I'm not getting that, I'm missing a trick. So isn't that just worth a phone call to check these guys out? And and that's where it starts, yeah. you know, that, that, putting that out. Um, one of the things I do when I post, I try not to talk about me so much and Anna Brilliant, this is what I've done. I use my, my clients as heroes. So I'll kind of say, you know, Sarah's team did this, uh, Nicole did this, Robert did this, um, Andy and his team. And I think because there's so many heroes from within and, you know, quite often they're overlooked because for me, they are the eyes, the ears, the relationship builders. They are the marketing team. Well, let's look at a couple of heroes. Let's look at a couple of case studies, okay? Yeah. You and I have worked together um, a, a number of times during the pandemic and and and, and post, sort of, well, we're still in it, aren't we, I guess? Um, I, I look after sales, training, strategy, and you look after customer experience, marketing strategies, etc. And we've got a couple of case studies of things that, I'd like you to share with the audience without sort of breaching any confidentiality. So let's take the first one, which is a large online bathroom distributor. Yeah. Um, how did your mapping of the customer touch points and the customer journey result in some, you know, refocusing of budget? Phenomenal success that was. I mean, that's like, you know, what they did. So when we went in, um, the MD wanted more inquiries, which as we mentioned before, that's what marketing, people think marketing is. So it was about getting more inquiries and we need to do radio advertising and TV advertising, you know, big, big budget, big spend. Um, but when we mapped out the customer journey, we spotted something, you know, vital that was missing. And that was that they, they had a huge gap in terms of they were getting those inquiries. The inquiries weren't the problem. It was they were hitting a brick not you know not so much at all brick wall but there was there were so many inquiries coming in they couldn't get to them um so when the pandemic hit they looked at the customer journey that we we'd done with them you know focused on that particular gap and then they split where, the, where, for, for the audience and the listeners then where was that particular blockage yeah. so that that gap was in the inquiry stage yeah so Inquiries were coming in and there was a gap in terms of the sales team picking up the calls. Yeah. So being responding up. calls enough time or being responsive mm. to get back to, to people when they made those inquiries. Mm. So instead of just having one sales team, they split it into three. So they had the incoming sales, they had after sales and after care. And the after care is just genius because anybody who did have a problem, if they, you know, because they were so busy, if there was any problems with delivery or stock. They had that aftercare team which just focused on that area of you know that that part of the customer journey and i don't know if you want to quote the figures but they they, they doubled their monthly well, they've, doubled, they've doubled the sales doubled the turnover doubled the profit in eight months um and part of that is they've actually saved a misspend of about 20 grand that they were looking for at that stage on radio advertising and possibly pay-per-click um and all that would have done would have just made the blockage even bigger. And one of the things, that, there's two areas there. One was the inquiry stage, they weren't, they weren't slick enough to handle the inquiry, yeah. so they were losing potential. 
but also the ones where they were putting a proposal and a price proposal together, they didn't follow them up because they had no time to follow them up. Yeah. So they had like, and I won't mention the figure, but it, they had lots of notes on the end, sat in the funnel, not yeah. being followed up. So all we did, say all we did, it's quite radical, is instead of spending 20 grand on that, let's recruit and put somebody in the team who's yeah. going to follow up your, your, your inquiries, who's going to follow up your proposals and actually unblock the blockage. And, and I think what you've just said there is, you know, they actually are, if you look at the bigger picture, they're yeah. actually working with Charlie, Melia, um, from Integrated Recruitment, in terms of the recruiting. So that what's that done for the local area? Just, you know, it, it's, yeah. it's bigger than what even you and I could have imagined, that they are so busy that they have to recruit. Mm. But the restructure but, was genius on their part, saying, yeah. you know, our problem is our salespeople are dealing with stuff, stuff that's nothing to do with sales. It's to do with aftercare, it's to do with you know, transport, logistics, deliveries, all the things that you've got to go with. So put an aftercare team in place because before, it's fair to say, they had an open plan office with 16 staff. The phone would ring. It was like a hand grenade going off, wasn't it? It's like, I've done yeah. whatever. I've, I answered the last three, who's goes it? So they've completely changed the culture of that hand grenade, haven't they? I did, and I put a post on LinkedIn months ago now, and um, I talked about my mum and how she used to work in a in a sofa company, and she did she did after sales, and I put a post on on about you know why why don't you know B two B companies have after sales? Mm. Why does it they're just left to the service industry? Because that that you know it just worked. It was, they had phenomenal success by looking after the making sure the sales went through. Yeah, I mean that's the key, isn't it? The customer journey yeah. is the map, and then you overlay that with your sales cycle. Yeah. It's a very powerful combination, isn't it? You can't yeah. ignore, you can't do one without the other, or you shouldn't. Okay, so let's look at the next case study then. Again, somebody that we've worked together on, client I was working with, brought you in to do some work with them. Um, yeah. And these are a company who manufacture, install, and service automatic doors, gates, barriers, anything with a motor on that, you know, opens uh, uh, upwards and downwards and sideways. Um, how did that customer mapping exercise that you did in a webinar that I sort yeah. of observed with you, how did that save a potential 80 grand a year loss of a, of a customer? What was the score there? Well, first of all, a big shout out to um, to Richard, the MD there, because what he, he did, he allowed um, a platform to bring in other people beyond sales and marketing in um you know in a webinar where we're talking about business development so we had estimators we had uh, we had sales marketing we had engineers we had directors we had a whole group of people who for me the biggest takeaway from that was the fact that you know we had a marketer on one side who had all this desperately needed this content and then you had the engineers who were you know front line in front of the customers who had all this content and they didn't know that just talking to each other mm. so by day two because we did two 90 minute sessions by day two they were you know the, the link there in terms of you know we could be doing this we could be doing that so the two areas that we focused on was the number one was the account management so they said that you know they'd had this um 80 grand client and if they lost you know the, the biggest client if they lost that client what would that mean and that's where people don't think about it's not just about getting more in it's like well what would it mean to lose that client and that's when people really really think so we made a few tweets to the account management to save you know more of those 80 grand clients so they don't go anywhere else but just a simple thing like and this i didn't come up with this and um, this is one of the engineers who mentioned it when they you know installed a new door 
then just have the, the brochures in the back of the van and just bring them out and say, well, do you know, we do this and we do this. And at that moment when, you know, the customer is over the moon with the new door and everything's gone really, really well, that's it. That's the ideal opportunity to go in and, you know, best sell, cross sell, whatever you like to call it. Um, and they do that every every single time now. And that's, well, again, the other, thing, the other thing they're doing now, they've introduced an engineer's incentive scheme um, and it's not, and it's not to sell. It's just to yeah. open your eyes. And, and I, I say there's a three-step process. One is do the job that you're there to do. Just yeah. do the job that you're there to do. I.e., you know, service that gate or that barrier or whatever. But second job is open your eyes and see what other yeah. assets are on the site that perhaps are not being looked after by you. And the third thing is have a chat. And that's that's not selling. And and it's already started with one of the guys and a, a nice pre-Christmas bonus for a, a job he was at anyway in November. And he went in November, did the job. And while he was there, he went, oh, um, who, who looks after those? And he said, well, to be fair, nobody. And he said, well, you know, I've, all he did, I'll put you in touch with the office. The office followed it up, got a service contract, put in place. He went back, same engineer, went back, serviced the assets that he'd identified on the site and got a nice little Christmas bonus as a result of it. So it, the customer journey doesn't belong to people who work in customer service, does it? It belongs no. to everyone. It belongs more so to the team. And I mentioned it earlier about marketing and unmarketing. You know, you know, that could have gone so differently. He could have maybe spotted that and thought, no, I'm not going to mention it because nothing will happen. But he stood up and he mentioned it and he's got a bonus from that. That's brilliant. Yeah. More of that. More of that. Definitely. Excellent. Okay. So if I'm a listener or, or I'm watching this on YouTube, um, I'm looking to maintain my business performance or grow in a manageable way, or even if I'm looking to grow rapidly in 2021. Can you sell to this audience why the starting point's not sales, why the starting point's not marketing, and why the starting point might not even be people? It's mapping the customer journey and mapping the customer experience. Sell that to the audience. Okay, so if you if you do it really, really simply, which is what you mentioned before, so pre, during, and after walk through your best customer's shoes so how does how did you pull them in how did you look after them how are you looking after them now what are they saying about you so you know think of that best customer don't think of it in mass marketing think of you know the one that makes you happy makes you proud makes you money how did they come in and then just map that out really really simply on a on a you know piece of paper um and if you you know you're not getting the types of customers that you want because this happens a lot people say oh you know I'm working with this one I'm in the wrong sector by working on your best customer and you know mapping out how they actually came on board there is so much in there so I think in terms of where to start it is actually starting with your current clients and working backwards what can we fix to make this whole experience better um and that's just a, a simple term isn't it how can we be, be better how can we make pre during and after better for our best customers I think that starting point that we're doing with a particular client in January, then you overlay, don't you, the documentation and the response at each of those yeah. touch points. So, you know, when when you need to send a proposal, then you're looking from a marketing point of view, does that proposal do its job? So does the customer nice? identified yeah. you need to do a proposal, but then the marketing side looks and says, does that proposal do its job? And then the sales side looks at, does that proposal get the message right? Am I going to yeah. get success with that? 
So that's why it's it, it's almost like a holy trinity, isn't it? You know, customer experience, marketing, sales, and and then your team are all part of that because your team are going to embrace that anyway, aren't they? But going back to what you said with the uh, the company who do the sort of servicing of the automatic doors, yeah. Um, the breadth of people they brought to the table was the made the difference in that those two workshops, didn't it? Like you say, engineering, yeah. operation people, internal service coordinators, service team managers, MD, um, external people, and those ideas were generated across the board, weren't they? Absolutely. And even in the bathroom company where we had one guy, who I think his first job from leaving school was McDonald's and the yeah. bathroom company was his second company that he'd worked for. Yeah. He'd seen something and could if, if he hadn't been given the platform of being in a room with people from different departments, what he actually suggested. I remember one of the directors was like, whoa, love that. They took that forward. And that was just about putting something on the pallets that the that the, uh, the trades guys could see. It was a, it was a bestseller or cross-sell, if you like. Um, and they use it. And that's come from what a 20-year-old lad whose previous experience was working in a in, in McDonald's. So yeah. there's so much potential in the teams that you've got. It's just, and, it, and, you know, I don't want to use that word kind of platform too much. It's, you know, it's sort of in 2021, just bring your teams together and create those meetings that you have a cross-section um, of people from various departments who've got, you know, got things to give. Um, I think that's the key as well, isn't it? it yeah. it's, it's pulling together people who've got ideas, who are creative enough to say, why not? And even if it might not be the best idea in the world, it's an idea. What you don't want is you don't want your team of sort of, um, sort of negative Noras, do you? You know, sitting there going, you know, we've been in those rooms, haven't we? All of us, I think, listeners as well, yeah. where we've got a team together and they're about as inspiring as, you know, changing yeah. last week's socks type thing. You want people who are a bit off the wall, a bit creative, a bit thought, you know, that why not? And, and who might be prepared to take a risk with some thinking. So they exist in every business. So just... They do. And I listened to your podcast the other day with Lisa, Lisa Clifford, and she said something about, I think you'd mentioned to her, do you get people in, you know, who are not full for it and kind of think, oh God, you know, what's this all about? And, you know, we get that as well, but we, we also get thanked at the end of it because it was like, oh, you know, quite enjoyed that. I didn't really know that yeah. what I've got to say is important and it's absolutely important. And that's the way I make people feel in those sessions, you know, you know, what you've just said there is incredible. It's either going to save your company, shed loads of money, or it's, or it's going to make them shed loads of money. Yeah. And they have absolutely no idea. And it's your idea. It's, it's your, your idea. idea. Own it. You've sort of answered what was going to be the last question. You might want to answer it in a slightly different way. The last question I was going to say would, what would be the one piece of advice or the golden bullet you'd share with the audience about getting 2021 as right as they possibly can we've probably touched on a bit of it is there anything else you'd like to add that that you know perhaps we haven't quite explored in, in as much detail yeah so I've got one client who you know when I started working with them they were kind of like right okay you know this is what we want to do we want to attract you know this sector and this many clients at this value blah 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 so I'd asked them how many clients they had and they said something like 76 clients and I'd said to them right well we've got to make sure that you don't you don't have 75 and you don't have 74 and it was and what what do you mean and I said right well that's where we're going to start so just literally you coming back in you know and if this is going out in January 2021 have you created that meeting have you created that scene where you look at your current clients and almost do like a, a traffic like session with them so red being oh we haven't spoken to them for a while or he's not happy or she's complaint or whatever 
Um, amber is the one that they're all right, but green is the ones that you can get case studies from, testimonials and Google reviews. So if you do that traffic light system on your clients, you know where to start. And, you know, I don't have to say this again. You start on the red, you pick up the phone and just ask, how are you? But the brilliance of that is the simplicity of it. But also what I would, a word of caution to anyone who thinks Amber's okay, they're very dangerous, aren't they? They're very, very. Amber could go to red as easy could go to green, couldn't it? Absolutely. Absolutely. And and that's, it's, you know, I always, in my workshops, um, I always have a, a slide and it's like, if, you know, if you think you're giving your customers 10 out of 10, it's about giving them an 11. It's mm. about, you know, it is about giving them, going that extra mile. And that extra mile doesn't have to cost you thousands and thousands of pounds on your marketing. It's just about thinking, what can we do to make this better, to make that customer feel better? And those ideas come from your team. Well, listen, Marianne, that's been an absolute pleasure to have you back on. We've explored in a lot more detail some of the stuff we covered on the Impact Sessions, session number one. This is going to be number 32 three or 34 something of that nature wow. the time it goes out. Done, so, you know there's been a lot of water and a lot of bridges um it's been a really detailed insight and hopefully inspiring for our audience um as a, a, those who don't know the, the podcast available comes out every tuesday new episodes and it's available on all the usual podcast platforms it's hosted on the website of Impactus Group. It's also on our YouTube channel, but iTunes, Spotify, YouTube, et cetera, et cetera. So you can find it wherever you find your podcasts and your fixes. Um, my guest today has been Marianne Smith. She's the um, Managing Director of Do Marketing. Her contact details are on this sort of final holding slide, but also will be in the, in the, 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 um, the notes for the episode that will go throughout you know, um, each of the platforms. So there's no excuse not to get in touch with Marianne to inspire your team and inspire your customer excellence and your customer journey. So um, without further ado, Marianne, I'd like to just say thank you again. Been an absolute pleasure. Been fantastic to, uh, to see that development of the seriousness with which the customer journey and the customer experience is being taken from those early days where you were banging a drum. I think there's a lot of people, yeah. a lot of people behind you in a full marching band now, isn't there? Yeah, there is. And and I want to wrap up just to say thank you to you, Nick, as well, in terms of what you give away during lockdown. I mean, you were you were all over LinkedIn and you what you give away all those free webinars that people can tap into. You, you know, you're doing all the podcasts that people can tap into. And I've revisited some. I've to some I've never listened to before and there are there's bags and bags of expertise in there so you know do 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 listen to them but I think yeah you just well done you on this year to be fair going back to the Josh scenario you know since September I think someone's turned a tap on with the name Nick Bramley on on the internet because I've never never been busy with inquiries coming from left right and centre and the two are connected and you don't do it for that I was doing it in January I, I gave away a, a 10 workshop free sales academy program yeah. from May and June because I wanted to write some content and I wanted to yeah. get it validated by an and You've got that now yeah. to give and, away and, and sell. And I did it for that reason yeah. and to validate the content. And the audience, you know, I, I got really decent numbers, but that's built a sort of tsunami of, of opportunity on the back of it. So, you know, that's all part of the process. So listen, we'll finish there, Marianne, being great. Thank to you. Thanks there. for having me again, Nick. Thank you. I've really enjoyed it. And um, yeah, all the best, everybody. Thank you. Okay. Cheers. See you soon.